You know what's funny? Sex. You know what's not funny? Not knowing about sex. Always be funny and always be sexy. Foreplay Baltimore. Hi, I'm Jack Jones, and I'm a sex educator and the owner of Sugar, a sex-positive sex toy store in Baltimore, Maryland. I'm here with improv comedian Prescott Gaylord. We bring together sex educators and comedians to have fun and break down barriers to good sex for everyone. Hi, I'm Jack Jones, and I am here with Prescott Gaylord. Hi, Prescott. Hello. Coming to you straight from Singapore. And I'm coming to you straight from Baltimore, Maryland, where it is not very nice outside. How's the weather there? Uh, I'm sweating. It's balmy and sunny. I just went swimming. I kind of hate you a little bit right now. Yeah. I I I don't really own many clothes. So <laughs> I just literally had to chip my car out. Yeah. Chip. Like hack at it. <laughs> it was sort of brutal. Kind of nice. Yeah, I walked on down to the uh fantastic public transportation to go to work today. Then I just kinda huh. wandered back in the in the it was a little bit hot today. Just, you know, got back on the public transportation, came back home. So lovely. <laughs> Lovely. Well, we are here to talk about birth control. Yes. This is the first part of our two-part episode about birth control, and we picked that up as we picked that topic because of all of the changes that are going on in the U.S. around access to birth control, and especially around some folks really wanting to curtail access to Planned Parenthood. Right. And you did a. Uh, it was a benefit show for Planned Parenthood. Correct. It was. Do you have it a final was. tally? I know people like to do this for benefit shows. Do you have a final tally on how much you raised for Planned Parenthood? It was around 250 bucks. All right. So they are funded for years now because of this. Really? Show. Pretty much. Pretty much. It's all good. We took care of the entire problem. Now everybody understands how much money there is in live comedy shows. <laughs> so much. Right. Uh, but I will note that a lot of good information happened, a lot of good discussion, uh, wonderful guests, and uh, it was just a, a lovely discussion about uh, about birth control and wonderful audience stories. Uh, they were very touching. They were. And those will be in the next episode. So stay tuned for that. Yes. So in this first episode, you're going to hear the general discussion around birth control from this funny panel. And the panel, uh, as always, uh, there were four people in foreplay because we enjoy the wordplay in the foreplay. And the host this show was Ty Coleman, who, if you're a fan of this podcast, you've heard many times on the show. Exactly. And they did a great job. And then the co-host was me. And then our guest comedian was Elizabeth Danger, and our guest educator was Lindsay Romer. From Planned Parenthood itself, correct? From Planned Parenthood itself, from the Education Department of Planned Parenthood of Maryland. I guess I don't think of Planned Parenthood as having departments, but I don't see why they wouldn't. I mean, of course. Oh, yes. Like that one yes. building has departments in it. I, it, I don't know. I just, I just thought everyone comes to work in the morning, holds, holds hands, <laughs> sings uh, with an acoustic guitar accompaniment, maybe a couple, and then uh, kind of all touches foreheads in a circle, yep. uh, talks about uh, all the good work they want to get done that day, and, uh-huh. then, and then they all look at the task board, the chore board, right. and decide what right. chores all needed doing. They all pitch in together. And then they all just go get all of their family planning work done. That's how I imagined it. But there's no departments in that vision. No, that's that's pretty much exactly how it happens. And I, I, as a former Planned Parenthood employee, I can confirm that's pretty much exactly how it happens. There's also um, graham crackers and apple juice. So, okay. So it's good to add to, to my vision of, of that happening. All right. Right. Well, from the education department uh, is wonderful. <laughs> exactly. Well, should we let folks get started on the show? Oh, I suppose. Everybody, welcome to Foreplay.
So how is everyone today? I'm sure great, right? Yeah. Nothing at all happening in the news. Not, um, you know, 30 plus years worth of reproductive rights being rolled back this week. Okay. So, um, so yeah. Um, so I am from Kansas. And I tell you this as a kind of like dark preview for what's about to happen in the next four years. But, uh, so growing up in Kansas, it was, you know, it was an interesting sort of thing. I, um, you know, I got used to things, dealing with things like um, having to get off the school bus a block away from my high school because the entrance, the, the circle entrance to the school was blocked by these huge trucks that had these giant billboard displays of, you know, a, you know, bloody fetuses and stuff and I was just like you know that, that would happen every spring and I don't know if it was like coordinated with the spring like oh this is prime sinning time for the high school students we better get in there and but I just knew that that was like that would herald spring for some reason and um you know at first I was shocked but then it would just got to be really like really this is such a metaphor you're like you're literally blocking my access to learning um, so I wasn't learning anything about reproductive health in that situation. I'm sure my teachers would have liked to teach us more than just showing us birth videos and stuff, but I wasn't really getting that from high school either. And then from, you know, my, at home, my mother was the type of person that was, you know, I wouldn't learn anything about that from my parents either. Um, you know, when I first had my uh, serious boyfriend in high school, she actually called my sister, who was going to school here at the time. So she's like, you know, half a country away saying, you know, can you talk to your sister about, uh, uh, you know, just talk to her? And my sister's like, about what? About what, mom? And she's like, you know, the thing. And it's like, my sister's like, what? What do you want me to talk to her about? And then finally it was just like, okay, she knows about birth control. Mom, it's fine. <laughs> but yeah, so there was just this big dearth in knowledge. And I have to say that you have to look for the bright spots. And I think that in the grand scheme of things, if you look at the long-term um, view of history, that in some sense we are lucky to be alive now if you're looking at it from reproductive health standpoint because there are options now. They exist in the world. There are options for reproductive health besides shoving a garlic clove up if you know where. They, those exist in the world. Now, whether or not people have equal access to those options is an issue. And we'll talk about things like that and more with our panel of experts, which we have some really heavy hitters today, by the way. So thank you so much for coming out to support Foreplay and Planned Parenthood. Um, first, I'd like to welcome to the stage our comedy host for the night, who is one of the funniest, most talented artists in the city. Um, you may or may not know him. His name is Ty Coleman. Please welcome to the stage Ty Coleman, improviser, teacher, and artist extraordinaire. Thank you, Kim. Give it up for Kim. Thank you very much. Um, I appreciate you being willing to share your awkward uh, stories because I was terrified in the curtain. Like, what did they do to Kim in Kansas? What are they about to do to us? How's everybody feeling tonight? Yeah, good. Uh, I'm feeling good too, uh, despite um, everyone telling me I should be terrified. I'm feeling great because uh, I'm a comedian. And so <laughs> tragedy is where we live. <laughs> it's like, oh, good. I'm going to have content for years. Um, so I'm sorry y'all don't have that ability, but I do. But don't worry, I'm here to guide you through the pain. Uh, and that is why we love doing foreplay, because no matter what the topic is or what the climate is, we will find the funny in it. Isn't that kind of nice? Isn't that kind of nice? Yeah, that's nice. Clap for that. Uh, and so I'm not even going to keep you guys waiting, so I'm going to bring on my amazing co-host and founder of this show. She is the owner of Sugar Baltimore and one of the best humans I've ever met. Please put your hands together for the incredible Jack Jones. Hi. You guys can say hi to Jack. Hi. hi. It's nice to see y'all. Thank you for coming out this evening. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you. I love gratitude. 
It's nice. Hi, Jack. Hi, Ty. How are you feeling today? I'm good. We got a puppy. Well, good. <laughs> so you're great then, and also terrified, I guess. And sleep deprived. Yeah, because yeah. puppy is like a newborn um, with less clues on what to do, I feel like. It's just... Yeah, yeah. Also, it moves a lot more. Right. And has sharp teeth. Oh, man. Yeah. That would be like a horror movie. Like if a baby <laughs> a newborn was born with like sharp teeth and claws. Yeah. Uh, but you decided to adopt it, so that's I good. I did. <laughs> He's real cute. That's yeah. nice. So that's what I've been doing. Good, good. Yeah. That's a great yeah. update. Puppy yeah. time. Absolutely. So should we bring out our guests? We should. We should. I will bring out the comedy guests first. Yes. Okay, awesome. Uh, so our next comedy guest um, just got, you know what, guys? I'm not even going to be transparent with you. I need notes. Bam. Because All right. she's that important. I, she is that important. Her bio is this many lines long, and I'm only going to read three. All right. <laughs> so uh, she just finished the uh, the What a Joke Festival uh, that was in D.C. and Baltimore. I don't know if you guys heard about that. That was kind of like a response to the inauguration. They also raised $11,000 for the ACLU. And she has, uh, she has and does perform around Baltimore. We're very excited to have her. So please put your warm hands together for Elizabeth Danger Norman. Woo! This is your wonderful seats. Hi. You guys can say hi to Elizabeth, too. If you want, don't feel pressured. Yeah, um, they only feel comfortable <laughs> talking to me for some reason. I'm not sure why, so I have to tell them who's it's okay to talk to. Yeah. <laughs> How are you feeling today? I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty good. good. I'm chilling, hanging out, um, feeling ready to go. I guess I don't know. I'm, I'm excited. I haven't, uh, I haven't been to one of these shows before, but I'm uh, really interested. Cool. To see how it goes. But I am an expert. That's why I'm here. So. Um, yes. Yeah, yes. <laughs> can't wait. She's our comedy expert <laughs> and life expert, I'm sure. Oh yeah, I'm really good at it. Uh, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> We're glad to have you. Yes, Thank you. Are. Yeah. Well, our other expert, um, an educator from Planned Parenthood of Maryland. <laughs> um, we have sex educator Lindsay Rummer. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can say hi to Lindsay, too. Hi. <laughs> All right. Okay. How are you doing? I'm well. I'm pumped. I spent the day with some eighth graders, so I'm st stoked to be here Hell with yeah. the adults tonight. <laughs> That's nice. Nice. You can swear. Yes. Good. That's good. I, I'm going to <laughs> swear. I might. I haven't yeah. decided yet. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah, no promises. Yeah, no, I usually say, swear within like 30 seconds of waking up, so <laughs> it, it's a thing. So should we talk about sex news? I was about to say, can we please do sex news? I love sex news. Wait, we have to sing the sex news song. Oh, okay, right. Here comes some sex news. Here comes some sex news. Yes. All right. Thank you. I just made that song up. You guys better clap. All right, so um, I'm going to start with the really fun and uplifting sex news. Um, last Friday, an event happened in Washington, D.C., where a dude put his hand on, for some reason, two Bibles, whatever, um, and um, became president of the United States and then immediately trying to um, set back uh, reproductive justice and really almost everything useful and important um, as far back as he possibly could. Uh, one of the first things he did, and I think this was actually yesterday, so today is Wednesday, so that, you know, he, he waited 72 hours uh, to reinstate the gag rule. The gag rule was first um, started, <coughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Under Ronald Reagan, uh, and I think it was, I believe it was in 1984, or maybe 1983, and the gag rule affects, so the United States government actually spends around $9 billion in health programs around the world, outside of the United States, 
And those health programs give people access to birth control, they give people access to to health education, they give people access to services around things that are a variety of things, like family planning, Ebola, you know, <laughs> Zika, HIV prevention, HIV treatment, all of that stuff. And ever since Ronald Reagan, every Republican administration has implemented this gag rule, which means that if you work in one of those programs, mm -hmm. uh, your program cannot talk about abortion, hand somebody a pamphlet about abortion, advocate for abortion. Um, it has to pretend that abortion is not a thing that exists in the world. So if they have a patient in front of them that is pregnant and is attempting to decide what to do with her pregnancy, they have to act as though she has exactly two options, um, parenting or adoption, and that that's it. Which is interesting because a quarter of pregnancies in the world end in abortion. Right? That's a lot of them. And one of the ways that we know that we help actually reduce the risk of abortion and by reducing the risk of unplanned pregnancy, does that make sense? Yeah. Um, is by access to family planning services. So uh, we're thinking that this is going to be a little bad um, and is going to cost some folks their lives, quite honestly. Because when women don't have access to abortion or they don't know how to get one, they figure it the fuck out themselves. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that results in them dying. Sometimes that results in them not being able to get pregnant ever again. Sometimes it, it can go really badly. And that's happened in this country too. Um, Rosie Jimenez, Becky Bell, like those are some of the people whose names I know who have died as a result of not being able to access abortion. Family planning is also super cost effective. Every dollar that we spend in family planning um, saves a dollar and 47 cents in maternal and newborn health costs. So that's the dim side. However, here is a positive side. Um, there are some really awesome people, Senator Susan Collins, Senator Jeanette Shaheen, and Representative Nita Lowey. Um, Senator Janine, I'm real sorry if I pronounced your name incorrectly. Um, have Is introduced. She here? Yeah, I, Janine. I, 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 she's Janine. A, oh, because you looked at in the crowd. I was like, oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Luminary yeah. tonight. She's going to listen to the podcast. Oh, yeah, Better. definitely. God. Everyone does. Um, they've introduced a bill, the Global Health Empowerment and Rights Act. And what that bill would do is it would take the power um, to implement the gag rule away from an executive order and put into law that you can't make that executive order. So call your people Please. and encourage them to vote for and support the Global Health Empowerment and Rights Act, also known as HER. All right? Nice. Call your people. Got it? Yeah. All right. Find your people Thank and then you. call them. Yeah. You ready for some more uplifting sex news? Yes. <laughs> okay. So we've talked about prep here before. Everyone knows Do you remember, what prep is. Remember what prep is? Prep is this pill you can take. It's a pill you can take every day. It's called Truvada. Prep stands for prophylactic. Um, oh, shit. free exposure prophylaxis. Thank you. I had a brain fart. Um, <laughs> and basically what it does is it, it helps prevent HIV. Mm -hmm. And when taken effectively every day, they see efficacy rates or effectiveness rates of up to 99%. Right? Which is pretty awesome. So the NIH just started clinical trouble tri trials on a shot that would last for two months. So you would go in, get your Truvada shot, and then leave. And if you forgot to take your pill, it's kind of like the Depo Provera of, um, <laughs> of HIV prevention. And it's pretty awesome because one of the things that we're seeing, we've seen new HIV diagnoses decrease by 20% since That's PrEP cool. came out. That's amazing. Um, wow. <laughs> and even in New York City, they've had the lowest rate of new HIV diagnoses since 1981. Wow. Which is amazing. Oh my gosh. Now here's the not nice part. Um, that decrease we're seeing is mostly amongst white men. We're still seeing HIV raising amongst men of color and amongst trans women. Mm. And a lot of that has to do with access 
right? Um, access to healthcare, access to somebody who's gonna prescribe the medication, and an ability to pay for the medication. And so they're hoping that an injection will mean, you know, it's not, you don't have to take it every day, that doesn't mean, means you don't have to have it with you, nobody has to know that you're taking it, and also you don't have to, sometimes it's easier to get coverage for an injectable than it is for a pill that somebody takes every day. Mm -hmm. um, so, if we, that's a good thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Thing. Yay. Yay. Yay for those people getting Heck HIV. Yeah. All right. Yes. Next. A fisherman <laughs> in London. Well, not London. I'm sorry. Oh. My British Isles um, geography is completely lacking. Um, went fishing in the Leeds and Liverpool Canal and caught a 12-inch realistic dildo. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> What's for dinner? <laughs> I hope he still brought it home. Like, I hope he didn't leave it there. Like, he was like, well, he told me to go fishing, and then uh, just yeah. laid it on the kitchen table. No, I saw a picture of it in his, like, little fishing net thing. Did he hold it up yeah. like the fishermen do? Like, <laughs> most unfortunately not. Yeah. Was it like, yeah. it was this big, right? Exactly. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And what that did, what I, my, my favorite part was that in the article, then they had to bring up three years ago when a Norwegian fisherman caught a cod that had swallowed a vibrator. Oh. Um, <laughs> did he know immediately or was it like later? I think he found it when he like opened well, the fish it. Knew right, right that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I think it was a pretty big cod. It's like a Happy Meal surprise. Right? That's, like, exactly. that's the best two for one I've ever heard of. Right. <laughs> Not only am I going to solve my hungriness and my horniness in one, <laughs> right? one fishing. One, yeah. I'm just kidding. I wouldn't use a vibrator and a fish. Oh, just kidding. I'd, <laughs> I'd boil it first. <laughs> Safety. <Yeah. laughs> All right. In Sweden, where they do studies like this, where uh, they found they were testing sex toys for um, for banned substances and. Banned substances that are banned because they're bad for you, not banned substances because they make you feel good and are illegal. Um, <laughs> and they found out of the 44 to sex toys that they tested, only one of them tested positive for a substance that was banned in Sweden. Nice. And they are now encouraging children's toy manufacturers to learn from the sex toy industry and make their products <laughs> safer. <laughs> Given that the last time they did the study on children's toys, that 15% of toy, children's toys had banned substances. Yeah. So, yeah. Making the world better. Yeah. What, what One does dildo at a do? time. You yeah. got it. So I can see like some like over anxious mother just like taking all their toys and throwing dildos at the kids. It's the only thing I trust. Right. <laughs> <laughs> only the best for my children. Right. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, and last but not least, there is a new sex toy prototype. It's called the Teletongue. Hmm. I can't right? wait. <laughs> it is two lollipop devices. <laughs> like, why? Um, and one records the licking sound and gesture, and then through Teledodonic, so the other one is like somewhere else, it's like Bluetooth, oh. app, blah, 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 Wi-Fi. Um, the second one replicates the sound of the licking and vibrates to replicate the gestures wow. of the licking. Again, why? So is it like a like a like a like a long distance blowjob? Is that what I'm hearing? No, correctly? it's a lollipop. It's in your mouth, so right, it's like well, a long lollipop. distance makeout session. Oh, okay. right. Why yeah. did I go all the way there to the? Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. skip past that. No, I was, I was like, like right, we're talking, so she's sucking and I can feel it. to a teletongue, and I was like, well, okay, this is right? same realm. Right, that's I where thought, you would, exactly. I thought the tongue <laughs> was going to be licking someplace else. Yeah, I thought right. you put the lollipop somewhere else too. So. I was yeah, yeah, surprised, I was totally honestly. Like, I was right? Exactly. It's designed, <laughs> it's designed to be used in public. Does <laughs> <laughs> it not have, like, an iPhone attachment? Not the public yeah, yeah, I yeah. go to. Yeah. Not in my So you'd be walking down the street. I'm kind of like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so it just looks like you're, like, licking a lollipop. 
But in fact, which but already fact, doesn't look sexual you're making enough. out. Right, which is already like very sexual. That's like so much technology. But the technology. lollipop's making out with you too. Right, so that's, right. I mean, the lollipop that makes out back. I like that. <laughs> well, well, the, that's deve- a lot of, ahead, the developers of the Teleton say, "Here's their quote." We hope the Teleton will be the first step to a more open and casual usage of sex toys and teledildonics. That is a difficult what is word that? to say. Teledildonics? Yeah. Is, is, that, is that just a, a word just that means that it's like sex toys that can be apart? Right. Like yes. one person's like, here, one person's there. I, yes. think that should, I think that should grow. That just seems like oh, so yeah. much technology for making out. Yeah. yeah. Well, and so, and hold on, and th- oh, that it is one that is not embarrassing, but one that is comforting and bonding. That's hmm. cute. That's I can't sweet. wait until like people can major in teledildonics. Right? <laughs> I'm pretty like, sure. Oh, what do you study teledildonics? <laughs> I'm pretty sure MIT is going to have that in yeah. like a minute. Oh, if, if they don't have it now, I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't keep up. I want my I want our country's best minds on this. Right. Just like because they're not they're not working for the government anymore, so they might no. well, yeah. They might as well just hiring, be right there. So. <laughs> it's the least they could do. Like help us have better sex to get through this. But right? anyway, thank Especially you. Especially if we don't have access to birth control, we might as well be like fucking virtually. Right. <laughs> I would be so sad if I could. Oh, anyway. <laughs> Thank you for sex news. Everybody say thank you, Jack, for sex news. Thank you. Now, now that the news is there, I, that was like a good, I feel like it prepared my appetite to discuss other things. Is everyone else ready to hear things? Good, because I was going to talk anyway. Awesome. <laughs> All right, so the first thing um, I have on my handy-dandy topic list uh, is hormonal birth control versus non-hormonal birth control. I don't know what that means. <laughs> well, <laughs> I can help you out with that. All right, good. Uh, so most hormonal birth control, not to be nerdy and sciencey right now, stops a woman from ovulating. So it takes the egg, or a female-bodied person from ovulating. So it takes the egg out of the equation. So if that person were to have unprotected vaginal sex, there's no egg to get fertilized. And then, what was <laughs> <Egg> it? <laughs> the jazz <laughs> jazz hands this is fertilization this is actual asl it's good um <laughs> really <Whoa>. no. <laughs> i was like oh okay <laughs> you're the expert I'm, I'm so. right now. <laughs> don't question her i mean yes Hater. yes it is actually <laughs> you can use that go up, to, go up to somebody who speaks asl hey and they're like yes. Lies. <laughs> yes i am <laughs> I think that's actually just like, applause in it. Yeah. yeah. Same right. thing. Like, I feel yeah. like when you're fertilizing, you can applaud. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I would applaud for fertilization, I yeah. mean, except when I wouldn't. Like desired fertilization right. is always a celebratory. Yeah. If I could fertilize an egg, I would applaud. I would do that. If I had the ability, I think I'd applaud. Yeah. You, you never know. You might. Proud. It happens sometimes in animals that aren't human. Oh, dang. Yeah. But that would mean it could happen for us, right? All right. Well, I'm going to keep practicing. Okay. (laughs) One day. So stop saying from hormonal birth control. Right. Hormonal birth control. And then non-hormonal birth control, there's a couple different things. There are internal and external condoms, also known as male and female condoms. Um, And then there is a non-hormonal IUD. Mm, IUD. And what the fuck is an IUD? IUD. What the fuck is that? Um, <laughs> it stands for intrauterine device. So it's a tiny T-shaped piece of plastic. It's about an inch tall. Um, that's inserted by a clinician, not by oneself like a tampon, um, but by a clinician through the vagina, through the cervix, and up into the uterus. And it stays there for years at a time. Um, So it's something called a long-acting reversible contraceptive, or a LARC. So they are good for years, but once you take them out, I know, cute, right? Right. Um, LARC makes me think of Mary Poppins. Um, (laughs) Once you take them out, somebody's fertility would return back to normal. That's cool. Do you want to know where... Where Dr. Graffenberg and who invented one of the first IUDs got the idea? Yeah. From yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So I read this somewhere. I think it's true. Um, <laughs> and it is that in um, places where they used camels for long trips, they would boil tiny rocks and stuff them in the camel uterus. And so that the camel wouldn't get pregnant on the long trip because that would fuck things up. <laughs> and yeah. um, and they and it worked. 
So at some point when they were trying to figure out how to prevent pregnancy, they were like, well, this works for camels. Oh, Let's just damn. put some rocks um, in there and see what happens. This, I wonder what that this conversation is true. I've is heard like. this, too. Yes, I've heard yeah. this, too. Like, I didn't you know, know the what, boiling. You know what I do. Yeah. I don't want to, you know, but I, I stick camels up my... <laughs> I take rocks and just stick them up there. So I don't know if that's going to help you with women, but try it. <laughs> Camels, we're, we're talking about the animals, not the cigarettes. I would, I, I was only terrified because of the animal. It was a, a cigarette, I wouldn't have cared, but like just the thought of someone just boiling rocks and tossing them up so. there. Well, can you I said I didn't know cigarettes had uteruses, so I would have been even more surprised. I, was like, I feel like if you're nicking hard enough, like it could have anything. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. mm. it's the cure. No. Yeah. People don't smoke anymore, neither do I. Yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is crazy, though. I'm shocked. So with hormonal birth control, there's, I, I know that like sometimes people, um, it's not a good idea for them to be on it. What are the reasons that somebody might want to not use hormonal birth control? Yeah, there's a bunch of different reasons. I mean, I'm no doctor, so I can't tell everybody their <laughs> specific thing right. they've got going on. Um, but some people experience side effects like irregular bleeding on certain mm -hmm. methods. Um, if they're over 35 and a smoker, there are certain methods that contain a synthetic version of estrogen that they cannot take because they're at higher risk for heart problems and um, stroke, I believe. Right, which I would assume they would be at much higher risk for if pregnant. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So is that the main, I guess, uh, when you're making a decision about your body, uh, when you decide what your birth control is going to be, uh, is that what it is? Like what you can take or is it usually like a combination of non-hormonal and hormonal? Can you repeat the question? Uh, I was, because I, I stumbled into that question. I apologize. Um, I was going to say, what I, the first question I had was, what is like the determining factor to someone when they're deciding what's best for them as far as like, so I get that question a lot. I teach mostly middle and high school students, and a lot of them say, well, what's the, what method do you use? And I'm like, I can't tell you that. Um, but I can tell you what the best thing would be um, is whatever you would use correctly and consistently. So for some people, it would be an IUD. Maybe they have a real tough time taking a pill every day. Um, and a longer-term method like an IUD would be best for them. But it's really up to each individual person to figure out what works best with their lifestyle, what they're going to use correctly and consistent, consistently. It's always different for every person. And to some extent, too, like what their long-range plans are, right? Yeah, Like absolutely. if somebody's thinking, well, I want to get pregnant in six months. Maybe an IUD is not the... An IUD probably not the best right. option at Well, those... I don't know if anyone's seen those commercials for Morena, and they show, like, a little white picket fence and a cute house, and maybe some kids are like, nah, life is great. And you hear this voiceover come on and say, if you're married and you've already had children, this is the right birth control method for you. <laughs> have we seen that? Eh. You don't have to be married. You don't have to have already had children. Right. IUDs used to be marketed towards females that were in that place in their life where they maybe had finished having all the children they wanted to have and were trying to protect themselves until menopause. Um, but recently, ACOG has released statements saying that IUDs and... Wait, what's an ACOG? Oh, <laughs> the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> Um, so they released statements saying that these methods, these longer-term methods, should be front-of-the-line recommendations for young people, as well as everybody, but young people, too, because they have pretty tumultuous lifestyles. Yeah, Not that sense. others of us don't. But. Right. Well, they yeah. actually, didn't they do a thing in Colorado where they provided, like, low-cost... Um, I think they did like low cost IUDs for a bunch of women. There was like a grant that helped to fund that and yeah. they actually had incredible results providing them to um, a variety of women who otherwise wouldn't be able to afford them, mostly like I think teens as well. And mm -hmm. they found huge, huge results that showed that if these huge, big, <laughs> yeah. bigly, um, bigly <laughs> results that, <laughs> that uh, showed that they had a lot of benefits, especially in the statistics, because um, unwanted pregnancies went down in a huge way, but also so did abortions went mm -hmm. down in a huge way because yeah. they didn't end up in the unwanted pregnancy, pregnancy situation in the first right, place. Exactly. Um, and it also like saved a whole bunch of money as well. But then uh, I think it kind of got blocked a little bit. Well, we yeah. actually had something like that in Maryland. Planned Parenthood had some funding for that, and I think it was supposed to last us like a year or two, and we blew through the IUDs in a couple of months because there was such a 
Yeah. That's a weird way of saying that, but that was such a, <laughs> such a, a demand for them that we went through all of our product, I should say, in a much shorter period of time yeah. than... Yeah. I know that when I was taking the pill, like, there definitely were times where I would, you know, forget to take it. And then you're like, shit. Yeah, you have to do something every day to make it work. Yeah. yeah at the same time every day. It was the same time every day thing that was, like, really, like, a mm. challenge for me, because... I, especially when I was younger. Now I like get up at the same time every day and mm -hmm. go to bed at the same time every day. And I'm a lesbian, so I don't need birth control pills. Um, but, <laughs> but back when I was with a dude, my life was a lot more chaotic. And uh, <laughs> they tend to do that sometimes. Yeah, exactly. That sounded and like a PS. Like that sounded like a little commercial for gayness. <laughs> yeah. Back when I was a dude, my life was so chaotic, but now <laughs> everything makes sense. Easy peasy. Less pills. That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we do have positions opening, so <laughs> get on board now. I do need a new toaster. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Three more recruits and I'm in there. Um, I'm not kidding. That's a whole, that, that rumor is true. Um, it's true. I have, a, I have my watch for recruiting. <laughs> it's uh, like green stamps <laughs> so that, that uh, the long term question flows into my next topic uh, which is long term reversible birth control methods um, I don't know what that means either <laughs> you've got IUDs mm -hmm. um, and then what's the name for the new Norplant? Nexplanon it's, like, it's like the great great niece of Norplant Thanks for making me feel old. Uh, <laughs> it's oh. just the niece, not the great great. Thanks. Just the niece. That's better. I love my niece. And the other one's plants. the fun aunt. And <laughs> no one's old. <laughs> so what, so if, if someone has a, an IUD um, and they're like, oh man, I was just playing, I want kids now. You can't like go in and get it, or is it like a, a real housewife did that? She oh. had her football player husband remove her IUD on the that makes my cervix hurt. She's like, just go in and get it. It's just it. just go in and get it. I didn't watch this episode, but I've heard about it from my friend. Like, shut well, up. Every I've... time we talk about IUDs, she brings this up. Uh, I thought I had watched every Real Housewives of Atlanta episode ever made, and I missed that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is very upsetting. So you're not supposed to do that, though. I no, think don't that do is that. Especially, is it that visible, or is that like? Oh, yeah. So there's a little teeny tiny string that hangs out of the cervix, but not a thing. Okay, uh, but it's, it's not a string. Cervix. It's a monofilament fiber. That's important because there was the an IUD, shield. yeah, that had a multi-fiber string that act. What what do multi-fiber things do? They act as a wick. And so it acted as a wick for infection to get up into oh, the uterus. Yeah, and it was, be, right. trial it was really bad. And then because of the Dalcon shield, which caused, it, it was bad. It, there were other things that were bad about it. It kind of looked like a little insect. So it had like a bunch of like little arms yeah. on it. So it had too much grip in the uterus. So it was sometimes difficult to remove and could cause other problems. And that was cool. in the 70s. Like a horseshoe hook. crab. It kind of looked Yes, it looked like a horseshoe crab. Yeah. So it like grab stuff with it when you try to take it out. What? That's the image I have. I, you, it's not wrong. Right. And yeah. it's not wrong. See, and you should be horrified because <laughs> that's what women had to go through. Y'all are welcome. And yeah. but because of the stupid Dalcon shield, uh, oh, people stopped using IUDs because mm -hmm. there were massive lawsuits as well there should have been. Right. Right. And then nobody used IUDs until like five or six years ago. Mm -hmm. yeah. so and well, their company friendly. went bankrupt because of so many class action lawsuits. As well they should uh, have. Yeah, yeah. So I need to get back to Real Housewives, and I never thought I'd say that, but... <laughs> so what is that? Like, she was just like, no, I have to have it out now, and, like, you have to do this, and just kind of like a... Well, let's, like, like I said, yeah. I haven't seen the episode either. I, my understanding of what happened was she was just like, listen, I know approximately where it is. <laughs> Obviously, I can't do this myself. However... Well, she knew where it was. She was like, it's in there and I can give you directions, but I can't but reach like it a personally. Oh my um, God. You, Available. my football player husband, seemed qualified hands. enough to do this to me. So just 
we got to get these babies going. Like, I hope let's she like made them play. <laughs> Seriously? Just like, like operation with this kindergarten? I think yeah, so yeah, it was definitely. Oh my goodness. Okay, so don't do that. I'll look it up but, to verify it later, but. But one can. <laughs> what one needs to do is just make an appointment with your clinician. Right. Planned Parenthood. And, yes, and they will. They will happily take it out for you, and then discuss with you what your alternate options are. Okay. So, so let's talk about two methods of birth control that sometimes people think are reversible but are not really. Mm-hmm. Tubal ligation. Uh, right. Yes. And vasectomies. Vasectomies yeah. aren't... Refer- do th- okay, so this is my knowledge on vasectomies. about to come out. Uh, I heard they... No, no, is it the two... Tubes can not... They can, they can kind of refuse. Refuse, okay. In rare cases. Thank you. Right. That was and it. here's the reason. So, yes, that's a thing that can happen, but we have to talk about it as not reversible, right? Okay. Because there's a possibility that might work if you try to reverse a vasectomy. Um, and there's a pretty good possibility it also won't work if you try to reverse a vasectomy. So if you're getting something like that, you have to assume that it's permanent and forever. Yeah. They keep trying to come up with some different types of birth control that people with penises can use. Um, but uh, they recently came out with that hormonal one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The gel. Right, and they they took it away. They stopped the test. Remember why? Because it was too because hard. Because it was rubbing off onto other people. No, no, the other one that they stopped because they were having hormonal side effects. Aww. Right, they got they some were, zits. Yeah, they were. They were a little sad. Is yeah. it their turn though? I feel like it's your turn. Like <laughs> it's like definitely your turn to try yeah. weird experimental birth control. Like, For a, real, like, it's your turn to try I, to figure out your body. Right. I did hear actually that two of the males in the study committed suicide and that was what womp womp that was what made them ultimately stop it so I don't know if that was well okay birth control can in some people trigger depression yeah it can I was on the pill I was on this one pill and my ex-husband who was my fiance at the time was like I really love you but you're really awful on this pill and um, I would really like it if you would consider something else. He was very nice. I was a raging bitch. And like, <laughs> it was terrible. And whatever it was that, that like, you could look at me cross-eyed and I'd be like, <gasps> like it was awful. Was it yes? No, it was long before yes. Okay. Um, it was, uh, it was a triphasic. Mm. Um, you got talking shop down there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know birth control mm, stuff too. Mm. Here's some facts. <laughs> so, uh, a vasectomy, what exactly is a vasectomy? I can tell you that. Okay. <laughs> um, we offer them at Planned Parenthood. The fertilization, not anymore. Um, <laughs> it's a, excuse me, a very quick procedure where we numb a male's scrotum, so he shouldn't feel any pain other than that injection of numbing medication. And a clinician makes very teeny tiny slivers on either side of his scrotum and pulls out these two tubes called the vas deferens. Um, side note, funny anecdote. I used to assist with these, and it was hilarious, the small talk that these men would make. <laughs> oh, it's just cold in here. Um, things. <laughs> I'd be like, buddy, no one's checking you out. You, we know what you're here for. Um, and, and our patients were supposed to shave everything. Um, we gave them all sorts of papers, directions what to do beforehand, and they were supposed to remove all hair. We had to amend those papers and add in, do not use nair. <gasps> Right? Um, Someone did. (laughs) I have never heard a grown man scream so loud as this man did when he got a shot of lidocaine in his scrotum. I know. It was a rough rough pup day for him. Um, (laughs) But so, anyway, so the vas deferens get pulled out, and a tiny tiny little piece is cut out of each one, and either end of each vas vas deferens is cauterized or burnt, so it forms scar tissue. And then those little tubes are tucked back in, and he gets two or three stitches in each side 
and goes home. I've heard doctors say, uh, go buy a six pack, drink one and put the rest on your crotch and go <laughs> watch something on TV for a little while. Um, but it's a pretty quick recovery time. It's supposed to, a surgery, surgical procedure that's supposed to take just a few minutes and it's highly effective. The one thing to remember about vasectomies though, is when you get your vasectomy, they will tell you that you need to have a certain number of ejaculations and wait a certain number of weeks. It's still six weeks, I believe. I think so. Um, and get Key, really important part, a negative sperm cap. That means you have to go in and hand them like a little cup of sperm and then they look Usually in a brown paper bag. Yeah, exactly. And then people actually look at it under a microscope to make sure there's no sperm um, swimming around because there's a whole bunch of tubing inside the body of somebody with a penis um, that makes a sperm in the scrotal sac, right? And then it goes up all these tubes and they're all, it's all basically like preloaded. Uh, so you have to get like all of the stuff that's preloaded out. Yeah. And if chamber, you, you yeah, it. exactly, yeah. exactly. And if you don't listen to this, um, then unexpected pregnancies occur. And I've seen it multiple times where somebody was like, they didn't really, six weeks is a long time. Like that's, you know, or I don't actually need to get the negative sperm count because every once in a while, just like anything else, every once in a while it doesn't work, right? And very rare, but every once in a while, like the vast deference will be like cauterized, fuck that, I'm gonna grow back together. Well, the body um, wants to heal itself. So. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So make sure you pay attention to that piece of it. Otherwise, if you're looking for long-term, not reversible uh, birth control and a vasectomy is hands down the least invasive, no big deal, way to go. And it comes with like a jack-off excuse. That's awesome. <laughs> right? It's like, exactly. no, no, officer, I am... I just had a vasectomy, okay? <laughs> I am trying to get to. to a negative sperm count. Exactly. That is all. You are really happening. cleaning the pipes. I didn't want to do any of this. And then, like, I would have, like, a laminated doctor's note and just, okay? I'm, I'm not done yet. I still have chambered. I don't know why y'all don't do it. That's weird. Why someone has to convince you uh, to do that? Um, so that was that was vasectomies. Thank you, because I, yeah. I had some some myths in my mind that you cleared up, um, that I will share uh, later on our page. Uh, so um, we only have a few minutes in this section, but I really really do want to talk about um, the history of birth control uh, and more specifically uh, how um, the birth control that we have, uh, the studies that were done, were done like at the cost expense of uh, black and brown women's bodies. One hundred percent. Yeah, and yep. a lot of people don't know that, like the history of gynecology in this country and all of that. Um, so, if you could touch on that, uh, and I might touch on it too, but I'll let the please, experts. No, please do, and I, I think that's really important. Um, it's one of those things that, like, every time you are using a hormonal birth control method or even a, a non-hormonal IUD, anything like that that you're using, you need to know that it was tested, sometimes non-consensually on women of color. And sometimes in this country, sometimes in other countries, sometimes going to places where people are extremely economically disadvantaged um, and don't really know what, didn't really know what's going on. It's gotten better um, over the years, but especially like back in the day, it was, it was pretty intense. And I think that much like everything else in this country, we really need to acknowledge uh, what has gone before. Mm -hmm. I agree. Lindsay, do you have any facts, history facts? No. Okay. Um, so yeah. I, uh, I don't have my sources. So I've heard that um, a lot of, I guess, like the procedures in gynecology, uh, they were True. tested on uh, mainly like enslaved black women. True. Um, yeah. Mainly with like without anesthesia kind of to see uh, the results. A lot of this, uh, the similar things that we know about, uh, you know, in, in like Nazi Germany, like everyone knows about like those people, uh, you know, the people in concentration camps, they were experimented on and all that. And we know that like some of the things we enjoy in modern medicine was because of that. Um, but I don't know if a lot of people know, uh, especially female body people, um, that a lot of the things um, the benefits of gynecology were done at 
uh, the expense of like these enslaved black women uh, at bodies who are experimented on and all kinds of things. So. And obviously non-consensually. Yeah, obviously right. non-consensual because yeah. you can't really consent right. as a and, slave. And the other yeah. thing too is that birth control has sometimes been used as a method of control. Yep. And, um, and coercive non-consensual birth control has been used especially, again, on women of color and especially economically disadvantaged women mm -hmm. of color. And, um, and then also sometimes against just economically disadvantaged white women as well. And being like, in order for you to have access to this service, you have to agree to get your tubes tied. Or there's tons and tons of women who went in for a C-section yep. and came out with a C-section and a tubal ligation that they didn't agree to. Yep. And that kind of stuff is reducing but it's really important that as people who are sex positive, that we also understand that every single person, an important part of that is every person has a right to have as many babies as they want, mm -hmm. right? Every person has a right to never have a baby and everything in between. And so we have to stand up and make sure that we don't allow those kinds of coercive practices to ever happen again. Definitely. And Definitely. building on that, I'm sure some of you have seen some articles about, oh my God, Trump uh, presidency, go out and get an IUD immediately so you can make it through his term, where people are saying that with good intention, but that also kind of plays off of some of this historical torture, you know, you could call it, or forced sterilization of people. So like I was mentioning earlier about what someone would use correctly and consistently, we hope that birth control will remain accessible and affordable for all women. Not all women are going to want an IUD or not all people, female-bodied people are going to want an IUD. Um, but if you do, get on it soon because it's got a large upfront cost. Um, if someone does not, we're going to hope that birth control still stays affordable and accessible. Definitely, definitely. All right. All right. Well, um, that was a first half. How you guys feel? Good? Good. Thank you. Um, we want to, we know that uh, this particular topic, this particular time, um, there are plenty of questions out there. Uh, so we wanted to like make sure we cutted this kind of short so we had time to answer your questions. Uh, so right now what we're going to do is we're going to go into an intermission. And when you go out there, there's going to be a jar and there's going to be paper and pens. Uh, and so if you have questions you would like us to answer, please write them down. Um, we won't be able to get to all of the questions, but we will try to answer as many as we can. Uh, and we also uh, answer some on our Facebook page uh, and Facebook group. Um, so we're going to do that. So when you come back, we're going to have two amazing stories, and then we're going to answer your questions. Okay? That sound good? Yeah. Give it up for our panel and for their first half. Anything else, Jack? Did I miss something? Tip your bartender. Oh, yes. Tip your bartender, please. They are really, really great. Enjoy intermission. I'll see you soon. You've been listening to Foreplay, brought to you by the Baltimore Improv Group at BigImprov.org and by Sugar at SugarTheShop.com and by Sliquid Natural Intimate Lubricants. We'd like to thank this week's guests, our sound engineer, Joel Murphy, our co-producer, Kim Lee, and most of all, our audience, for your support, laughter, and questions. If you like what you hear, please rate or review us on iTunes by searching for Foreplay or find us on Twitter at ForeplayBaltimore. That's the number four, Play Baltimore. Or find us on Facebook at Foreplay. Or find us on the web at sexisfunny.co.